My sister and I's wish for Christmas was the same for the last few years. We wanted our dad to begin to teach us the family trade of how to judge people. But 2020 happened, and he got so busy rearranging the toy shop. He had to keep putting us off. He said his life right now was like trying to put the star ornament on the top of the tree on a paddle boat in the middle of two hurricanes. The first hurricane was kids didn't want physical toys, they wanted pets and roadblocks. He was worried about technology leading into the mark of the beast. But more importantly, the second larger hurricane was people calling naughty nice and nice naughty. He said, now is not the time to learn when we were in the middle of two storms. We'd come and watch him work. He split the elves into two teams. He tried to work with half the elves on looking on how to find presents and coals in roadblocks, but the game makers were blocking Santa out of their simulation. He got frustrated. Then he tried to get the elves to make North Pole own video games, but kids were not flocking to it. And some of the elves were getting antsy that it's September and no toys were made yet, and they were no closer to making the video game option work. And they should have just made toys like they always did. And Dad would get flustered, then walk over to the other half of the elves on working on ways to unite the changing morality with the traditional naughty and nice framing. But they just hit contradictions too. And that team of elves would say that they should have just kept judging kids the way they always had. And there's no bridge between traditional morals and the new ones. And Dad was just wasting everyone's time. He looked embarrassed when he saw us watching him get corrected by the elves. He then would tell them, if he saw us watching, you always say we can't improve or find a bridge, but we always do. The North Pole is still here and we're still on mission despite all the wars, famines, plagues of the past. We're still working and will be until the beast from the bottomless pit comes and stops us himself. He then would come see us and tell us not to give up. He'd start to talk to us about the family trade, but then we'd go, oh, I got it, and march off to work with one of the team of elves, only to fall down when he realized it was just another failed attempt. He'd come back to us, apologize, say, if he couldn't figure out how to keep the family trade going, what was the point in teaching us? Christmas Eve came regardless if dad found a solution around the two storms. I don't know if he did. We seemed to be packing the sleds as normal. The air was crisp and cold. My dad and younger sister were in the lead sled, and this was the first year dad had me flying my own. Part of me was proud, part of me was wondering if he disliked talking with my sister more, or did he want to avoid my questions of what were we doing differently, and when could we learn more about how to judge? We landed on the roof of an apartment complex. My dad hefted over his shoulders a red sack of gifts and slid down air vents. My sister ran out, high-fived me, she said I was doing great. She pet my reindeer and we took our red sacks and went to the fire escape. Dad was gonna start at the bottom and we'd race them to the middle. It was going to be quick. There weren't many on the nice list. I don't know how exactly he decided who was nice and who wasn't. I did know the Bible said people would call good evil and evil good. Dad used to leave call for those on the naughty list, but environmentalist groups fabricated climate change so my dad could no longer have access to the coal. We slid open a window and tiptoed to a Christmas tree and pulled out some wrapped boxes. 
I loved how the wrapping paper feels on my fingertips, even more with wearing satin gloves. There was a plate full of cookies. The crumbly cookies, so different than the smooth paper. We slipped the cookies in a smaller green sack for the elves back home. When we were about in the middle of the building, we heard shouting, then loud thuds, and then screaming for help. We ran down a crowded hallway where everyone had their phones out and talking loud, reporting to their social media feeds what they were witnessing, police sirens. There were two men knocked out on the ground and our dad slumped off them. He was red-faced and walked to us without picking up his sack. I said, Dad, what happened? He had a look of peeling his eyes open in the freezing rain. He said, no time, just go. Up in the sled, Dad just headed straight back to the North Pole. On the ride home, I searched the web for news and saw repeating footage of my dad on top of these two men. One of the news networks, the Democratic politicians were calling for Christmas to be canceled and Santa Claus to be arrested. I never saw dad quit so soon. He had gotten more flighty ever since some elves up and left saying, dad was more concerned with being celebrated for his charity than celebrating the birth of Jesus. I remember that night walking into the elf shop and seeing him seated on the floor, back against his chair, with open jars of cookies all over the floor, sobbing to himself. The two men Dad had knocked out were now on video with flamethrowers demanding justice and everyone to go burn down the North Pole and kill Santa. They said they went up to Santa to confront him about not wearing a face mask. Who did he think he was? Spreading the pandemic everywhere? What kind of gift is that? Dad landed and handed the reins to one of the elves. Dad was pacing back and forth on the candy cane phone with some TV news person. He said, they hit first. They said, if I didn't care about their health by not wearing a mask, then why should they care about my health? And then jumped on me. We were standing next to him and heard him say to the elves while he cuffed the phone, get all the elves out of here. Then he uncuffed the phone and said, you're not canceling Christmas because of health. It's just an excuse for you to shut down spiritual joy and cheer. And you just want to abort baby Jesus? Fine, to hell with you. Warning, those who don't make merry on Jesus' birth can tremble at his return to judge the earth. He threw the candy cane phone and fell to his knees in the snow. He said, I blew it. They had me on video on top of those two. All my life's work is ruined. Those elves were right. I, I do do a lot as for my own ego. I just want to go eat some cookies before they come and kill me. I'm sorry I couldn't sort out a solution and teach you more. Take the sleds, take the elves, and go to Renovo and just lie low until Jesus returns. I pulled out my Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I said, Dad, wait. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, 
there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up, through our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We never give up. Dad, we never give up. My little sister came up and said, Dad, your worldly reputation might be ruined, but who cares? The world loves Bill Gates, even though his dad ran Planned Parenthood and his mission is to end babies. Even if it was a mistake to defend yourself, God can forgive you and you'll be rewarded for the work you've done. I put my arm around my younger sister. I said, we need you. We want to also have a big body of work like you. I read from chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. And as we took off on our sleds, Amazon drones and SpaceX rockets descended and torched our home. We landed and laid low for months in this remote rundown town. Dad had lost a lot of weight and cut his hair and shaved. He said what we had was called a tower moment in the tarot when everything you have is burned to the ground and you have to start over, like from the Tower of Babel. Dad got really into tarot card readings and was wondering if he was ever going to find love again. He was compulsive in whatever had his interest, which was his greatest asset or weakness. We didn't broach what we should be doing to him until the witch hunt for him died down and the satanic mob had a new enemy number one. My sister and I thought enough time had passed for Dad to mourn the past, so we asked him what was the future plan, and he said, I don't know, let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Tonight, let's watch another documentary about human trafficking. And we said, Dad, why? He said, I want to prove to you how bad the world is. We said, we know, they blew up our home, but what are we going to do for the works? He said, relax, we're saved by faith, not works. I took that way to the extreme. Let's just watch another documentary. Did you know Bill Gates did business with Epstein even after Epstein was a convicted pedophile? And people wanna trust Gates to save them. I said, dad, we know the world is bad, but we wanna do something good. And watching another documentary is not the best investment the time God gave us. God didn't just spare us from the North Pole burning just to spectate the growing darkness for us. Can you help us show our faith by our works? We're afraid we don't have much yet. He said, all right, let me watch some tarot card videos on what to do. I took his phone and threw a Bible down on his lap. Check this, not the tarot. Dad just collapsed and said, I don't know what to do. What I was doing for so long crumbled and now these tarot card readers seem to be the closest thing to having the gift of prophecy. And I was so focused on physical gifts, I neglected the spiritual, and these mediums have so much spiritual energy, I don't, I don't know where to begin. I opened up the Bible to page one and said, how about Genesis? My sister said, Dad, so what if tarot card readers have a lot of spiritual energy? So do demons. Just because you're thirsty for spiritual water, you won't be quenched from an unclean well. I knew once he got started in God's words, he would get his thirst met and come up with a plan. 
My sister and I went for a walk with the reindeer, and when we came back, Dad was reading and writing with his other hand. The next morning, Dad was still at the table, writing fast and thumbing through the Bible with his other hand. Without looking up, Dad said, This verse reminds me of what you guys did last night, Hebrews 10, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return drawing near. You said you wanted more works. What is a work? 2 Corinthians 5.11 Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. That's our work, to persuade the unrepentant and encourage the believers. We're going to go out and gather information on everyone. The naughty and nice list. We went to a nearby college town, Happy Valley, home of Penn State. Dad said, remember, this is just fact gathering. You know what, forget it. We don't need to make a list. We'll just try to persuade or encourage on the spot. I know I'm jumping around. It'll be faster just to show you. Dad walked up to the first person we passed and asked if they were Christian. The man said, absolutely not. I'm in college where we're taught to think for ourselves. You're in the wrong place. This is not a place where we're brainwashed into having faith and believe what someone else tells us. Maybe you should try to take some classes here and learn that you know nothing, like Socrates. That's real wisdom, admitting that you know absolutely nothing. Dad said, you don't know anything? The student said, correct. Dad said, how can you know that? If you don't know anything, is it good for me to take all your money? You don't know, right? The student said, I'm calling the police. You can't threaten theft. Dad said, when the police come to file a report to be consistent, you'd have to only tell them things like, Socrates, you don't know anything. Like if they asked, was it me who threatened you? You'd have to say, I don't know. If they ask, if you were the one who called, you'd have to say, I don't know. If they asked for your name, you'd have to tell them, I don't know. The guy said, whatever. I think it's better to say, I don't know anything than to have blind faith. Then he walked away. Dad said, naughty or nice? We said, naughty, but he's so foolish, he's nutty and naughty. We saw someone who had a cross on. Dad asked him if he was a Christian. The guy said, totally, like I'm wearing a cross. Dad said, can you tell me or show me your works? The guy said, what do you mean? Who are you? Dad said, I'm Santa Claus, and I'm trying to show my daughters if you belong on the naughty or nice list. The guy laughed and said, I'm the zombie Easter Bunny. Dad said, no, I'm Santa Claus, and my works are I gifted orphans and widows throughout the world with gifts of joy to celebrate the birth of our Messiah. What are your works so I know if you're on the naughty or nice list? The guy said, I'm a little old for presents under the tree. I got to get to class. Dad said, class is more important than spiritual lessons. I'm not going to give you a physical present. If you're naughty, I'll try to persuade you. If you're nice, I'll encourage you. The guy said, I don't know what to say. Like, I believe in God, and I try to be a good dude, and the Bible says we're not saved by works, so I don't know why you're asking that. Dad said, sorry, this is a new approach for me. I'm working out the kinks. Can you tell me about your day, what you do? The guy said, I go to class, I snowboard, and, you know, like, I try to be a good dude to others. Dad said, what did that couldn't a heathen do? Don't they like to work on their career and snowboard and be liked? The guy said, whatever, man. Like, God loves me. Only God can judge me. 
and this is super creepy to be like judging people. Like, why don't you judge yourself somewhere in private? Dad said, can I try to persuade you to read the Bible with me and become less worldly and self-pleasure focused? The guy said, you can go the hell away from me. Dad said, girls, where do you think he is? Naughty or nice? We said, naughty. Next, we found a woman picking up garbage. She was also wearing a cross. Dad said, why don't you talk with her? I asked her if she was a Christian. She said, yes. I asked her, what were her works? She said, I sounded like a robot from North Korea, but she was out here picking up garbage and disinfecting the campus from the virus to make it safer for everyone and to show the love of Christ. I said, good job, you're on the nice list, and I encourage you to continue. She said, thanks, and why did I sound so robotic? My dad came up and said, oh, I'm sorry, this is my fault. Uh, we're working on a quick way to judge people, naughty or nice, and well, it's not practice yet, so it's a little clumsy. Can I ask you a few questions? She said, okay. He said, well, where is your cross? She said, on my neck. He said, no, Jesus said his followers would have to pick up their cross and be hated and persecuted. And who's mad at you for disinfecting and picking up trash? She said, I don't have time for this. I want to go back to spreading love, not listening to divisive hate speech. Dad said to us, see, she passed the first nice question that she has works, but she failed the second nice question. She has no cross or interest in picking one up. She's still on the naughty list and doesn't need encouragement, but persuasion. We walked to Planned Parenthood and outside it were protesters. I talked with one. She had her work. She was trying to persuade others not to kill their baby. She had a cross. There were others, counter protesters, trying to chase her off the ground. I encouraged her to keep on and I wanted to stop and stay with them and protest with them. When I went to go ask dad, I tried to think through any objection he might have and couldn't think of any. He said, I agree, she definitely passed the first two questions, but there's one more, a final third. If she passes this, then by all means, stay and encourage her. If not, you have to try and persuade her. If she won't be persuaded, move on. Agreed? I said, agreed. What's the third nice question? He said, this is the one I fail the most. You can pass the first two questions, have works, have a cross, but be gloomy. The third question is, despite having works and a cross, are they joyful or frustrated because things aren't worldly fair? Because fair or not, they're going to be meeting Jesus and that should make them full of joy.